1: I don't think I really liked running until maybe two or three years in of actually trying to run. Um, And I wouldn't even call myself a runner at that point at all, Uh, but just somebody trying to get their life right and trying to um, have some balance. And, and it really started to open up a new world for me. In one way you do it, you do it so that you're a healthy and happy and whole person, but, we're not, we're not supposed to be healthy, happy, and whole people just for ourselves. We do it because it strengthens us to to be that for others and to show them that, that there is something greater and that there can be meaning even in difficulty. And I think that's part of the metaphor of running as a metaphor of life, that we don't grow by just uh, having everything easy. We grow because we push ourselves. We grow because we face challenges. And when we're sweating and huffing and puffing around uh, on a run, we are actually training our body to respond to difficulty and grow in it. That's literally what our muscles are doing and our heart is doing in that. And I do think that is a perfect metaphor for how to approach life.
0: Women's running, running Stories.
1: My name is Sister Liz Schoberg. I am a daughter of Charity of St. Vincent de Paul, which is, uh, we are a group of sisters in the Catholic Church. People often call sisters nuns in an interchangeable way, but yes, I've been a sister for 16 years now, and I'm currently on mission in Brownsville, Texas, which is the southernmost part of Texas on the border of the U.S. and Mexico, Um, but I'm originally from Washington, D.C. in the Northern Virginia area.
0: Yes, in this episode, Sister Liz Schoberg is telling her running story of her surprising progression to becoming a marathoner and a community leader for health and wellness through the sport of running. This is a path that, in her younger years, Sister Liz would not have expected herself to be on. But before we hear more from Sister Liz Schoberg, I want to welcome you to Women's Running Stories, the podcast where women share stories about their running experiences. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am the host and producer of Women's Running Stories, and this podcast is a proud member of the Evergreen Network of Podcasts. And before we get any further with the story... I want to mention Wazel. Wazel is a company started in 2007 by women, for women, making athletic apparel rooted in running. It started as a quest for non poofy running shorts, and it has transformed into a mission to design great products, build the sisterhood, and improve the sport. And they are succeeding on every front. And not only does Wazelle make clothing that functions really well, but it looks great. And you know what? It lasts forever. I have pieces that I've been wearing for years. And hands down, Wazelle makes the best jog bras. I'm also a really big fan of their shorts and tights that have lots of pockets. Well, I'm also a fan of their casual wear. Anyway, check them out. They have a great selection of clothing, a wide variety of looks for racing, for training, for comfortable, functional clothes before and after your workouts. Yeah, give them a try. And it's Wazelle, O-I-S-E-L-L-E, and you can find them at wazelle.com. No matter where you live, what your pace is, or your personal relationship to running, Wazal has you covered. Now, on to the story. Sister Liz is a director of Proyecto Juan Diego. It is a community organization that serves the lower Rio Grande Valley in Texas, which is right on the U.S.-Mexico border. She is also a marathon runner and a founder of Sisters on the Run, which started as a fundraising effort and has developed into much more. This year Sisters on the Run is putting on its very first chipped event. They're doing a 5k and one mile run and that is coming up very soon on Saturday, January 27th and it is an in-person as well as a virtual event. How this all came to be is what this story is all about. How Sister Liz's personal interest in losing weight and becoming healthier developed into a community effort that is helping to improve health and wellness for those around her. Sister Liz is going to tell you all about it, beginning at the beginning. Here to tell her running story is Sister Liz Schoberg.
1: So... I think that the most important place to start is probably with my family. My dad was in the air force for 23 years. And so we moved around quite a lot every two to three years. We'd be in a different um, location and we played different sports. Me and my brother, soccer, I played volleyball. We were bowlers too, which is really funny, Uh, but we loved it. And at, uh, up into high school, I would say I was, I was thinking about joining the volleyball team in high school, but the school I I was going to was quite large. And so in order to even get on a team, you had to be pretty stellar. And my, I guess you could say my stock, my family on both sides are kind of just bigger people, you know, chunkier, or what would you say, like, more built. Uh, we're not skinny, but I would say um, it's something where that that was something that changed for me at that point. So it went from maybe playing athletics uh, early on to I got into choir, I got into playing piano and, and just church and different activities with youth group and everything. And so being an active person became less important. And of course, my mom is a great cook, and that's awesome. And so, it was just never nutrition and activity wasn't as um, wasn't as important to us. And I, I was in college, and I would just do exercise off and on, but not really consistently. And during that time, I had met the sisters. So, after college and a year of service, I joined the sisters to see if this was. Really a calling in my life, and so we have this stage in uh, our community. They call it um, many communities call it the novitiate. Uh, We call it the seminary. It's almost like a a nun boot camp of sorts, where you, (laughs) where you like, you learn, you grow, you reflect. There's a lot of time of silence, a lot of time of study and reading, and. I thought to myself, uh, wow, this, I'm just going to turn into a blob for real if I, uh, you know, have this lifestyle. So I need to, I need to get active. And our seminary is a year and a half long. So it's a significant amount of time. And I said, if I'm going to get my life right, if I'm gonna get my health in order, if I'm gonna you know, become more active, which was something I felt strongly that I needed to do, just for the sake of, of being able to serve better and live longer and be active and healthy, why don't I start to make these changes now instead of waiting? I'm building a foundation of learning about how to be a sister, and why not also build the foundation of good health good nutrition and having good balance. And so that's really where I started to say, let me, let me walk outside. I, I would walk and then I would jog a little bit and then I'd walk again. But the thing was, I felt like I was going to die when I was jogging. And this is, I mean, I feel like this is everybody's weight loss story, but it was, it was that way for me where if someone said to me, "Could you run a mile? I'll pay you fifty bucks to run a mile," uh, I I couldn't do it. I would I would feel like I was going to collapse. Although I probably wouldn't have, I did feel that way. And okay, so as a bigger person, I thought running was for skinny people, to be honest. And um, and so I never saw myself in in this way of trying something like this. You know, I, I was concerned that I would sort of, people would be looking at me like as a bigger person out there trying to to run. And so it was, I'd be hot, I'd be uh, breathing hard, you know, where we were living in at the time uh, for our seminary was in Evansville, Indiana, which is not a flat place if you're starting to run. And so trying to get up a hill, it was um, it was weird and uncomfortable and scary in the sense of it was something new that I did not. Um, I didn't feel like I understood it. It was a different world. And so it really was a slow discovery of running. And and even I probably would have described it as a slow, painful uh, discovery of love of running. And it was a motivator at the beginning to see the scale change, uh, and to see myself change and, and to have people mention it. I think, you know, you can't, you can't just downplay it necessarily that that can be a motivator for people at the beginning. And, and plus I felt better. I I felt better physically. I felt better like emotionally. And, and even then it, it started to open up this spiritual sense in me as well. So I saw myself losing pounds. I saw myself getting faster. I would start by I'd run for 10 minutes, walk for 10, 15 minutes, run for another 10 minutes. And and I didn't read this anywhere. I just kind of thought, well, if I increase the amount of time that I'm running and decrease that middle section of walking, then maybe at some point I could run for 30 minutes without stopping that was my first goal. If I could just run for 30 minutes without feeling like I was gonna die, then that would be a huge accomplishment for me. And within, within a few months, that's, that's what happened. And so it became easier when I committed to doing it. And I think that's the, that was the key. I, I really, I entered a couple 5Ks when I was working as in campus ministry with students at Mount St. Mary's University in Maryland. And I'm, I'm thinking the year was about 2010 and really things progressed for me when I moved to Chicago. We, uh, sisters asked if I would be interested in studying for a master's. And so I went to DePaul University to get a master's in social work. And, um, if you're from Chicago or familiar with Chicago, there is a beautiful path along the lake there, which is well used by um, runners and bikers and walkers. And it's so pretty for the majority of the year, unless it's freezing cold and windy, but, um, That was where I had my experience of running for a longer period of time. I remember my friend Whittian came to visit and she's a runner as well. And she was like, we're going to do eight miles. And I thought, there's no way I can do eight miles. That's crazy. And she was like, no, you can do it. You're just going to have this goo thing and then you'll be, you will have the goo. You carry this thing. We're going to stop and get some water and we're going to turn around and go back. And I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> eight miles seems like a long time. And so uh, she, she went with me, we ran together and it was another milestone that day in Chicago along the lake when I ran eight miles and I was super sore the next day and just as sore as I was, I felt an incredible sense of accomplishment to um, to be able to run eight miles. And then of course she t- tells me, you know, if you can run 10 miles, you can do a half marathon. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> like you're going too far now. <laughs> yeah, she, um, my friend Whittian, was an initial inspiration for me because she was a runner and, and she encouraged me through that, through that um, eight miler. And it turns out that also I lived with a sister at the time in Chicago who also liked to run. And so both of us had this scheme and this plan to run a half marathon in Chicago, not the actual Chicago half marathon marathon, but a half marathon in one of the surrounding suburbs. And so it was so much fun to run that half marathon. Again, I had no idea that I would be this person who would run like this. I I wouldn't have imagined it, but this other sister, sister Sharon and I took on the challenge and I did feel like, again, like I was going to (laughs) die for a little bit towards the end, but it was another sort of sense of accomplishment and fun and connection. And that was the first race I did with involving another sister, another sister in the Daughters of Charity. And she and I have been friends for years now, and um, it was such a blast to run that race with her. And it was not a very well attended race it wasn't a big race and so you did feel like at different points that you were almost running by yourself which i think adds another element of challenge to the runner experience of races when people are kind of spread out and and you have to sort of muscle yourself up and and get through it with without a lot of like fanfare which i think was was kind of cool for my first half marathon to say like I didn't even need a crowd because I just did it. I think the that half marathon was the first time I really discovered that um, you can push through physical difficulties and so obviously if you're injured don't push through that but you know like your legs burning, it's going to stop burning after the end of the race, you know, um, you're huffing and puffing plus you can slow down slightly and, and you're not going to die. And so, you know, that, that half marathon where things were kind of spread out where there wasn't a lot of like cheering sections per se it, um, yeah, it really did show me that there's something, there's something more inside of me that you can tap into, but you're only gonna get in that place when you push yourself, when you're faced with difficulties. And so that's part of why I really like running is because you can get to a place where you're challenged in a way that may seem impossible, but really isn't. You're, you're toughing it out, you're pushing through, and you wouldn't want to, to stop and say, I, I really could have done more. Or I really could have pushed harder, and I'm sorry I quit. It's, it's a gift, and it's a grace. And I think I'm a better person for it. There, there is something about the endorphins, the dopamine, that, that I didn't know any of that stuff. I know it now. But I didn't know any of that stuff at the beginning, like, hey, this is going to unlock some things for you to be able to think about things better, say, like solving problems, or if things were rough in a conversation, or if I didn't feel like I could pray, for example, movement and pounding the pavement and being outside in nature, it, it really helped me in my spirit to be. Uh, to feel a sense of freedom, to feel a sense of like connection and communion with God, and then also to to sort of have a different way of processing the experiences I was I was having at the time of like understanding well how could I look at a situation or how could I approach a conversation with somebody what, what could I do differently? Or are there things that that I need to let go of? I mean, that's another thing. Sometimes we can't control um, certain things that happen, or we can't control the people around us, obviously. But sometimes we have to learn that. And I think that running has, has helped me to say, like, let me just sweat it out for a minute, and let go of some of that other stuff. And I can pick it back up when I come back. And, and I think that's something that I, that sticks with me even to this day of uh, if there are issues or problems and listen, people think that sisters are perfect or that, that we have it all together, and that is not true. <laughs> We're normal people with problems. and you know, uh, things that happen that are frustrating. And so I, I still, even now, when I go out and run, I can say like, "Let me just." When I walk at the door, I'm going to leave all of that stuff at the door, and then I can pick it up when I come back. I I was moved to Texas, and so the sisters asked me if i I wanted to come down and um, help on the border and do be at one of our social service agencies, and. I had seen that people raise money for, for different organizations through half marathons and marathons. And so when I was missioned down here, I had um, chosen to run the Chick-fil-A half marathon, which was in Mission, Texas, um, basically in the Rio Grande Valley down here. and And I thought to myself, like, why not, why not make this half marathon a fundraiser? Let me just see what happens. I'm going to set up a fundraiser through Facebook for Proyecto Juan Diego, which is the, the agency we're at down here. And, you know, see what happens. You know, my family donated, friends donated, people from college, people i would worked with um, in campus ministry. And it was so neat to see people, and and really, they gave because they knew me, and and that's fine. I don't I don't mind that at all um, because the money goes towards our mission, which is to to serve low income families and people in need um, here on the border. And so, it was a motivation for me to to launch this little fundraiser online and and kind of see what happened. And so. I I'll never forget the end of that race. One of our staff members came up, and she uh, she found me in the last mile of of this half marathon, and and she ran next to me till the end of the race. And she was just like, "Sister Liz, go! Like you can do this. You're doing so good." And like here I am. I mean, I had run a half marathon before, so it wasn't like I didn't know I could do it. But it was a sign to me of the next step, which is the buy-in of people from this area into what I was doing. And so to see a staff member come and to support me in that way and to like encourage me in that end of of the thing, which of course, you know, when you have somebody next to you, you're like, you're going to pick up the pace. You're going to, you know, run to the finish and just celebrate and just enjoy. And I think, uh, you know, when people say you left it all out there, I I definitely left it all out there because Lupito was running next to me and encouraging me at the end there. And so it was it was an absolute blast to to run that. And it was it was a sign to me that um, people cared about what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it. The reason I I looked to running a marathon was to see if I could actually do it. I I thought to myself, like, here's this, you know, little chubby kid, you know, 10 years old, 14 years old, like looking, flash forward, that kid could have never imagined running a marathon (laughs) at, you know, whatever it was, I was at 8, 180 pounds, 190 pounds at the time. You know, like doing doing a full marathon. Wouldn't that be neat? Wouldn't that be something if I could actually do it? And I'm the type of person, you know, like I'm kind of competitive. And so if you tell me I can't do it, or if you're like, mm, could she? Then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it a thousand times more than you think I can. Um, So, you know, that's, that was my attitude. Like if I'm going to do, if I'm going to do this marathon, I'm going to do it and nothing is going to stop me. Um, And so the, the next year, so that would have been 2020, um, I ran the McAllen marathon. My family came, they had these cute little signs, you know, my nieces and nephews, they were like following me around to the different parts they could find me. I'm sure it was very boring for them, but it really was quite a. A uplifting thing for me to, um, to see them along the course and to, to feel that feeling at mile 23, 24, where you think to yourself, like, I don't think I can run another two miles. Like, <laughs> um, it, it was a cool, cool experience. It was, it was actually the last official marathon that I, that I've run. Cause since then, um, these all the, the marathons that I've been doing have been unofficial, unchip timed, um, more like a, a fun run fundraiser. Um, and so I think very back very fondly of the McAllen marathon, uh, that I ran and that my family came for. So after I ran that first marathon, the second year was when COVID hit. And so, um, there were no official marathons happening, um, at that time. And, you know, sister Sharon actually, uh, was, again, we're living in the same house down here in Texas this time. And, you know, we said, well, well, we don't have to do an official marathon. We can just do one ourselves in Brownsville around the agency where we are at Preecto, uh, along the battlefield trail. And we'll call it Sisters on the Run. And we said, well, let's invite some other people and do sort of a peer-to-peer fundraising aspect to it. So it wouldn't be just the two of us running, although that was so much fun. And we did these little update videos, which were hilarious. They're still on YouTube. You can go find them. Um, Super cute, fun, fun videos to kind of get people riled up about this. And so suddenly it was not just me and Sister Sharon. It was you know, Sister Mary Shea and Sister Kara and some other postulants and um, other people who were interested in our mission who wanted to be a part of it and sort of started to be on this sort of fundraising team, peer-to-peer fundraising platform. And so it became, uh, let's not just make it about one person, but let's have all these people, not just in Brownsville, But in Virginia, in North Carolina, in Chicago, we had people running um, and sisters running all over the country, which was kind of cool. And so starting to say, okay, we want to raise money, but also we want to let people know what's happening down here and what the money's going for and telling the stories of the people that, that we serve. And so part of the idea of, Doing these these races and running and having all these other folks as you know advocates for us. It's to tell the story and raise awareness of, of the people that we're serving and the goodness of the community because we want to help people to see the strength that is within them, that they can do things that they never thought they could. Do you see where I'm going with this? Like I'm doing things as a runner that I never thought I could do. And here we are trying to walk with people to help them to see a future that might look different than they anticipated, but they have the strength within them and the resilience to face those things when they come. Because life isn't about having a pain-free, challenge-free existence. Life is about facing the things that come our way with grace and with strength and with the ability to see beyond our own situation, to be able to help those who are struggling, those who are in need. We did the the marathon last year, and we we had people that said, "Well, I want to I want to be a part of it. I want to run a 5k, or I want to run a 10k." Or I don't know, but I i mean, I could walk a 5K. And, and so we did it in a very interesting way last year where we had a route that I was running for the marathon and all these runners from the area uh, would come and run with me. And I, I tell you, like I was running this marathon and I wasn't even alone, not for one second of an entire marathon that was unchipped, timed, unsanctioned. And just out there, um, we did have some police support. So I won't I won't say that we were just, you know, crazy out there by ourselves. But uh, we were telling stories. We had two um, Jesuit priests and one of them, their seminarians came out and ran the second half of, of my full marathon. They ran the second half with me and I made everyone tell their life stories because I didn't want to talk but they had to get me through and so each person would sort of come next to me for a little while and tell me their story and tell me you know something interesting and then we did like what's your favorite movie what's your favorite musical groove i mean we had such a blast that whole time and so so we're running this marathon route but then people would add on so you know when we had 10k left the 10k people started when we had 5k left the 5k people started and um, so we ended up with this huge group of people finishing around the same time back at our agency. And it, it was great. I mean, Texas Regional Bank had the big arch. Uh, we had people with like this, this running tape that we all broke through and had a great grand um, celebration. Um, and one of the physical therapy places brought their tables and were doing massages. And it was just, it was so much fun. But um, that's where I started to see this, this fur- further vision of it's not just sister- sisters on the run. It's sisters on the run along with the whole community of people who want to be involved, who want to run or walk, who want to get their health in order. Um, and this year, you know, we were talking um, cause I said, should we keep calling it sisters on the run? I mean, we're, this is about the community. This is about proyecto Juan Diego and Brownsville. Like it should be, it should be Brownsville on the run, you know, or something like that. And every time I mentioned that idea to a staff member or to a board, we have, uh, you know, board members, a couple of whom I'm very close to. And they were like, Oh no, you have to call it sisters on the run. You cannot change the name, but we need to do a real 5k race. And I was like, I don't know, guys, a 5k, you know, for me, it's all about uh, raising money and raising awareness. And so when we add these, all, all these other things, I was super hesitant, like, we're gonna, we're gonna cut our margins by having medals and by having shirts. And, you know, um, all this sort of extra stuff that would cut into the margins. And they were like, no, 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 sister, we have to do like, let's do it. Let's do it. And so I was very hesitant at the beginning. And then, you know, we'd make a phone call and we got a sponsor for the shirts and then, then we called another person and they're going to do all of the medals. Okay. Well, let's call this person. Who's a DJ. What about this person? And then, Then came the Brownsville Fire Department. The Brownsville Fire Department came to us and said, we want to help you with this race. Um, We're going to provide EMS support. We're going to provide the arch. We're going to provide people, um, you know, with the signage. We're going to provide the hydration stations for a 5K chip-timed race and a one-mile fun run. And so at every turn, here I was hesitant about doing sort of a quote-unquote real race, Um, things just, doors kept opening, doors kept opening. Things kept falling into place. And so um, we are going to have this year, 2024, a 5K chip-timed
0: race and then a one-mile fun run. And as excited as Sister Liz is about this new event, she won't be participating. Well, not really. Because starting at 5 a.m. that same morning, long before the gun goes off for the 5K and One Mile events, Sister Liz and whoever else wants to join her will be setting off on a marathon. It won't be chip-timed and it's not going to be official or sanctioned, but in addition to being a fundraiser and inspiration for others to run a farther distance— it will certainly serve many other intended purposes.
1: Yeah, I I do think that running has a sort of meditative aspect to it. Like, um, if if you know Catholics, Catholics have a practice called the Rosary, where we we have beads and we repeat some prayers, and and in that. We are meditating on certain mysteries of the life of Jesus and Mary, um, and then on our own life as well. And so, there's something in that that repetitive motion that opens up a new a new world or opens up that connection to your your inner life. And I often think about that because my life is complex. I have a lot going on. I think about a lot of things very deeply. And then so does everybody else. <laughs> as complex as I am and as complicated and as uh, intricate or as full of full of depth, everybody else has the same too. And they're going through a struggle and they are crosses that they're carrying. And so there's some, for me, it's not just about my me and what's going on with my inner life but i i see the connection that i have with others so when i'm out running i see a car go by and i'm like gosh like what's going on in their life you know what are their needs can i pray for that person their life is as complicated and complex and full of joy and sadness and depth and character as mine is. And so I think it gives me a different vision to look, with which to look at the world and the people around me, because we, I believe we are all connected, no matter what faith, we're all connected. And so when I greet someone, I'm able to to greet them with joy and peace and and so I do see that connection with not just with, with nature and with oneness and unity, but with the people as well, with my family members, with folks that are struggling, the people in my ministry, the staff that I work with. Those are all people that I kind of like take with me when I go out to run.
0: That does bring us to the end of Sister Liz Schoberg's running story on the podcast. And I want to thank Sister Liz so much for coming on the podcast and sharing her story. There's so many great takeaways from Sister Liz's story. I mean, she's a very thoughtful person. So her insights into what more running brings to her life and to all of our lives, really, like what is available to us through this very simple act of putting one foot in front of the other. And I am continually amazed by how many ways running can show up in our lives and how, you know, anybody can start from being a non-athletic person to doing whatever they want in this sport and making it a meaningful pursuit, whatever the goals might be, and that even though this this sport of running can feel very self-focused and individual, that it really can be about so much more than that, about community and about inspiring others to go on their own paths to wellness and fitness. And one other thing I will say about Sister Liz that may not have been highlighted a lot in this story Is the fact that she really does focus on sort of showing the lighter side of being a sister, of being a nun. You know, some of the silliness and fun that they have in their work. And you can see that on like YouTube and TikTok and some of the social media outlets that Sister Liz participates in. I, you know, and I'll include all that in the links. But yeah, some of the videos they put up are pretty funny in their effort to raise money for Proyecto Juan Diego. Yeah, have a look at those. But yeah, again, thank you so much, Sister Liz. And I, of course, wish great success in this inaugural event and that it continues for years to come. And that Sister Liz keeps up her own pursuit of, you know, running her early morning marathon and encouraging other people to, you know, kind of take on whatever distances at whatever pace if they want to run or they want to walk whatever people want to do because what it is really about is just getting out and moving your body in a meaningful way and just discovering the joy in doing that because meaningful movement is such an important part of our greater wellness and health. So, so yeah, I just, what a heartwarming story and an inspirational story with so many great takeaways for us all. And, of course, I will provide links to all the ways that you can keep up with Sister Liz and Sisters on the Run, how you can learn more about Proyecto Juan Diego, and how you can participate in the inaugural Sisters on the Run 5K and One Mile event. Uh, You can do that in person if you happen to be around the Brownsville, Texas area, or you can do the virtual 5K. So, yeah, look to the show notes. There's links for everything. And thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to these stories. I really appreciate you being here. I love making these episodes, but I know that the power of them rests in you listening and also in you sharing. And one of the ways that you can help share this show is to rate and review it. And I would really appreciate If you would do that, I am working to get these stories out to as many people as possible and you rating and reviewing the show wherever you listen is a really helpful part of helping grow this show. That is going to do it for me for this episode. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am the host and producer of Women's Running Stories. And until next week, I do wish you healthy, joyful strides forward. Women's Running Stories. 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 My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.